Super Bowl, a couple of weeks out. If you don't have a team, it's the Minnesota Vikings now. That's your team. That's your team. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Actually, I told myself I'm not going to say anything about the Vikings when I'm up there. I'm just going to talk about Jesus. But I had to, I just saw that Super Bowl stuff and it just kind of got to me. Week three. We're in week three right now of the series that we're calling The Story Beyond. And kind of our big idea, our thread around this is that we want to learn as individuals and as a spiritual family together, what does it look like for us to learn, to hear and respond to the voice of God in the scriptures? And I've said this every week. I'm going to say it every week that I'm up here. As we pray around this, our big idea, our heart behind this is not that you would fall in love with the Bible or that you would worship the Bible, but that you would fall in love with and worship the author. Because we think he is absolutely worthy of our worship. And we believe with everything in us that he speaks to us from his scriptures. And we want to hear his voice. We want to know what he has for us. But here's what you gotta catch today, friends. You can't do this alone. You cannot learn to hear and respond to the voice of God alone. You need God to provide a friend for you. This is not a solo activity. You need God to provide someone to walk alongside you, to help you learn how to hear and respond to his voice from the scriptures. And as I was thinking about this, like what would be the best way to describe this kind of a friend that you need to have in your life? Um, I kind of at the last minute decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite a friend, my friend, that has played this role in my life to come and to speak to you today. And he was totally up for it. He's here every week anyway. And so he was willing to come and do that. Um, if you know him, he's not necessarily one that likes to draw a lot of attention to himself. He, much would, he would much rather talk about Jesus, but he was willing to come here today. and to. But here's what I want to do. I want to introduce him to you. And this is a little bit challenging because as I started to think, like, what would I want to say uh, about him? Uh, the introduction actually got a little bit longer than I wanted it to be, but there's some things about him that I think would just be helpful for you to understand, to have some context for my relationship with him. Uh, I actually met him right after I became a follower of Jesus when I was a college student. When I start to think about my, my life of faith, my journey of faith, I, I just don't have any faith memories apart from him being in my life. You know what I appreciate about him is he's been that kind of friend that's just always there. You know when you have that friend that is just always there, even if you've gotten distracted in life, when you circle back with him and invite him into your life to talk to you, he's there. He's always willing to be there. And what I love about it is it's that kind of friend that you just kind of, you feel like you're able to kind of pick up right where you left off. And what I've become really grateful about is that he's very patient. He's very patient even in those seasons when I get distracted from our friendship. But my friend teaches me the word. He helps me understand God's word. And here's what he always wants to do. He always wants to teach me about Jesus. He's always trying to turn the conversation to Jesus. We can be talking about something and it seems like he's always trying to point to Jesus. He's always reminded me, reminding me 
What do you think Jesus would say? He's like one of those bracelets. Remember those bracelets, those WWJD, what would Jesus do bracelet? He's like a living person in my life that's a WWJD bracelet, always pointing to Jesus. Because he knows in my life that I'm one of those people that I can just get spiritual ADD. I can be totally focused at one minute and totally unfocused the next on the things of God. So he's always trying to reorient my heart and my mind and my life toward the things of God. Quiet those other voices in my life and amplify the voice of Jesus in my life. And I wanna just explain what he's done in my life as it relates to the word because that's what we're talking about today. He helps me understand the word. When I actually take the time and I have the time to read the Bible with him, I understand it so much better than if I was just trying to do it myself. It makes so much more sense to me. You know what I also love is as I'm studying the Bible, because he knows me and he knows my life and he knows the things that are going on in my life, he's able to draw attention oftentimes to things in the word that relate to me. He's able to speak to me in that way, draw my attention to certain things. But he doesn't just teach me, he's also a great listener. He's not someone that just wants to talk at me or talk over me. He's willing to just sit and listen. He lets me share my heart with him, and I'm so, so, so grateful. You know what I love about the times that I get to spend with him? I never get the sense that he's bored. Have you ever sit with people and you just kind of get the sense that I think they're kind of wanting this conversation to be over? kind of looking at their clock or trying to check out their cell phone or looking at a clock above me and you just think, I think they kind of want to be somewhere else. I never get that sense with them. I always just feel like he wants to be present with me. But he doesn't just listen. He doesn't just try to comfort me. He's very, very willing to speak truth into my life. When I think about of all the friends that I have, he's a friend that is not about flattery. He's not gonna blow smoke just to blow smoke in my life. If he sees things in my life, if he sees things in my thinking that he knows are are out of balance with what God would want for my life, he's willing to talk to me about it. He brings it up. Over my lifetime, uh, sometimes I ignore him. I don't really pay attention to the things that he's saying to me. But here's what I've learned. That never turns out very well for me. I've learned over time, I need to pay attention to him. Never ignore what he's doing. But you know what? This is what I've also learned. If there's things in my life that I'm trying to ignore, that I'm not paying attention to, he doesn't let it go. He just takes the volume in my life and he starts to turn it up louder, and louder and louder, trying to get my attention. I hate it when he does that. I absolutely hate it when he does that. But I can tell you from so many times in my experience with him, when I look back on my life and I start to look in the rear view mirror of my life, I've always had to circle back so many times and just say, thank you. I didn't understand at the time, but thank you. Thank you that you were willing to speak into my life. And I'm learning to pay better attention the first time so he doesn't have to turn up the volume. 
I've also seen that he has a unique ability when he's speaking that kind of truth into my life. He's one of those kind of friends that when he is speaking that truth, I don't feel condemned. I don't feel that sense of shame. You know, there are other friends that I have in life that when they wanna talk to me about the junk in my life, it makes me feel like a piece of junk. He never does that. I never feel that sense of shame. No condemnation. It's one of his favorite things to say. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because he knows what's true of me. And that my natural tendency is I just try to condemn myself. When I fail in life, fail a lot, it's like I'm the one that wants to grab the club and just beat myself over the head. Idiot, idiot, idiot. He's that kind of friend that says, give me the club. Give me the club. You don't need to beat yourself up. Jesus took a beating for you so that you don't have to take a beating. What I've learned over time is just to listen and obey. I don't need to beat myself up. I just need to listen. Just need to listen the first time. And I absolutely love that my friend is someone that is always reminding me reminding me who I am as a child of God. My position, my status as a child of God. And I'm gonna be really honest here. There's ways that he talks about it that actually make me a little bit uncomfortable. He'll say things to me like, Bob, did you know you're the child of a king? Seems too familiar to me. But then he has this word that he likes to use about God. He said, do you know that God wants to be your dad? He wants to be your daddy. And I just think, I always try to push back. I just, that just feels too familiar. Like God is holy, he is majestic. He is beyond anything that I can even comprehend. And he agrees, he says, absolutely. He's all that and more, Bob. You don't even know the half of it. And he says, he wants to be your dad. Still learning how to internalize that. I still struggle with it. But then my, he just did an end around with me back in December. It was the most incredible thing. Well, we'd gone to watch Annie. Did he, I don't know if you guys went to see Annie down at the Ellen. It was just an incredible musical. Yes, I see that hand right there. They went. It was awesome. When I got there, I met a good old friend that I hadn't seen for a while and his daughter was playing the lead which made it even that much more fun I hadn't seen her in a while and just to watch her in that was incredible but I'm watching this story you know the story of Annie the little orphan nothing in this world no parents it's a hard knock life got a hard knock life but the richest guy in the town has a place in his heart for Annie and he says, I want you. I want you to come and be a part of my family. The richest guy in town takes this little girl and says, I want you to be mine. And my friend just whispers to me, that's you. That's your story. Twinkle in his eye. And just the way he said that, and just thinking, I, I get what he's saying that I was that orphan, that orphan spiritually, and the richest guy in the world, 
the richest guy in the universe, the richest guy that there is says, I want you. I want you, I've got a place in my home for you. There was something about the way he said that then that it went to a deeper place in me. And there's still times that I get choked up when I think about it, still today. My friend has helped me learn to pray. Because so many times I just think, I wanna pray, I wanna talk to God, but I just get there. So it's like, I got nothing. My heart is just hard and cold and God feels like he's a million miles away. My friend doesn't make me feel bad about that. But he just starts to give me just some simple things that I can say to God just to start my heart moving toward God. And sometimes if I can't do that, my friend actually just starts to pray for me. He just starts to pray over me. He starts to intercede to God on my behalf. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that he's willing to do that. He deeply wants me to connect with God. But he doesn't just care about me and God. He cares about me and all the relationships in my life. When there's disunity, disharmony in relationships around me, it drives him nuts. He always wants to talk with me about it. He always wants to push me to move toward people. Bob, you gotta move toward people. You gotta be humble. You've gotta apologize. Unity matters to him. And because of his influence in my life, it started to matter to me. I realize I'm going on and on, but I wanna just say one other thing. If I could just say one compliment to give my friend, the biggest compliment I think I could give him is this. My wife loves him, just loves him. My wife loves for me to spend time with her. She loves me to be, spend time with my family but she never complains when I spend time with my friend, never. In fact, she'll say things like, I really like who you are when you're with him. I really like who you are when he influences you. And you know what? I actually kinda like who I am when he influences me as well. When I've spent time with him, I tend to see that my life is a lot more peaceful than it is at other times. There's just like this growing capacity. Like I wanna love people. I wanna love people. I watch how he loves people and I wanna love people in that way. Joy starts to grow in my life when I spend time with him. I become a better husband. I think it makes me a better dad. I think it makes me a better friend. And sometimes I I think it actually makes me a better pastor. It helps me to do what it is that God has called me to do. Every one of us needs to have a friend. We need to have a friend like that that will come alongside us and walk with us in that way. And here's the good news. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you bowed your knee to him, you have this friend in your life. I am talking about the Holy Spirit. God's personal presence that he's poured out into the lives of believers. You have this friend. I wanted to explain it to you in that way. Maybe a little bit of a misdirection because I wanted you to think about him, not just theologically, not just biblically. I wanted you to think about him personally. He doesn't want to just be a theological concept or a biblical concept. He wants to be your friend. God's personal presence with you. 
I could have just said, this is what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. These are the roles of the Holy Spirit. But what I tried to do was just talk about what did it look like in my life for those roles to be lived out? Because I believe with everything in me that God wants to live those out in you as well. The Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. And here's where it relates to what we're talking about today. This hearing and responding to God's voice in the scriptures, that voice that we're talking about, it's him. We've been talking about nudges, promptings, these thoughts, these ideas, these challenges, these convictions that come to our life. They're not just impersonal things that snap the synapses in your brain. It is God. It is his Holy Spirit nudging us. We want to learn to hear his voice. And there's two things you've got to hear about him as it relates to the scripture. And the first is this. He's the author. The Holy Spirit wrote this book. The theological term that we're talking about there is inspiration. And if I were to try to define inspiration, it would be this. It's this work where God providentially, he providentially moved and prepared the hearts and the minds of the biblical authors in such a way that they were actually able to receive and communicate according to their own individual personalities and writing styles the truth that God wanted his people to know. Inspiration. The scripture says that the Holy Spirit actually carried these writers along so that their words, the things that they wrote here were the very words of God. This is how the scripture describes inspiration from 2 Peter chapter one. Peter says this, above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. It wasn't him. God used him, but it wasn't him. Or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. What is Peter saying? He's saying this is a supernatural book. This is a supernatural book. That's why we can have a book that was written by more than 40 authors over 1,500 years in three different languages from three different continents talking about all these different topics, controversial from theology, politics, law, poetry, cosmology, theology, all of it. And these authors were from fishermen to farmers, kings to poets, prophets to prisoners. All of that is true, but it is one theme, one story of God's revelation because there is one author, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God wrote this book. It's a supernatural book. But the Holy Spirit's not only the author of the book, he's the teacher of the book. God wanted his words to be accessible to us. The biblical term there is illumination. God wants to illumine, shine light on his scripture to speak to us. The same spirit that inspired the writers of this book is the same spirit that inspires the readers of this book. The Holy Spirit, you see, friends, he's on both sides of the equation. That's why Paul would say, these words are God-breathed. 
These words are the exhaling of God. When we read the scriptures, friends, we are actually inhaling the words that God exhaled for all of his people to know over the centuries, an opportunity for us to hear his whispers, a chance for us to hear what it is that he would want to say to us. And we never, friends, we never get to the bottom of this book. We never run out of exploring this book. It is incredibly timeless, but it is also very timely. It's timeless, but it's timely. God wants to speak through his spirit, through his word to us today. That's what we believe. It's the spirit and the word working together. God's spirit and his word, not one without the other. Some people would like to say it's just all about the spirit. And the word just takes kind of a second back seat to what the spirit wants to say. God never does that. It's always the spirit and the word. And there's other people sometimes that we just, it's just all about the word. We just think about the word. We don't think about the spirit. The biblical example, the biblical teaching is it's those two things together, the spirit and the word working together to bring God's message to us, to us today, the spirit and the word. This is how the scripture describes this supernatural book and what happens as the spirit uses this book to speak to us today. In Hebrews chapter four, starting in verse 12, talks about this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, It exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. Friends, this word is alive and powerful because an alive and powerful God is speaking it to us. This God that lives inside of us as a follower of Jesus is speaking to us from his word. So that tells us, friends, that we don't just read the Bible. The Bible reads us. God brings his truth to us, to the deep places of who we are, and it's his spirit that does that. Paul, when he talked about this idea in Romans chapter eight, he said this, verse 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Speaking to believers, God's spirit, the powerful spirit that had the power to be able to raise Jesus from the dead lives in you in you and just as just as in the same way as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living in you that's one of the roles of the holy spirit he wants to bring life to you he wants to resurrect things in you that are dead When I was thinking about it, I think this is a picture of what the Holy Spirit wants to be in your life. You know what this is? This is a defibrillator. And I can say that because I've been practicing defibrillator. Paddles that God wants to put in our life. A defibrillator. Call for help now. Remove all clothing from patient's chest. No, I wasn't going to take my shirt off. Don't want you to see things that you'd never be able to unsee in your whole life. 
but it's a picture. It's a picture of what the Holy Spirit wants to be in your life, a defibrillator. He wants to be the paddles. He wants to put the paddles on your heart. Where does he need to give you a lift? Where does he need to speak truth? Where does he need to bring things to life? Where does he need to bring resurrection? Dreams that need to be brought back to life. Places where you need faith, hope, and love. Where does God need to put the defibrillator on your heart? I love the quote from J.B. Phillips, who did a paraphrase of the Bible. And he talked about what that process was like to translate and paraphrase the Bible. He said it was like trying to wire a house and not be able to turn off the electricity. He said, everywhere you turned, there was a shock. God wants to speak. He wants to shock. He wants to bring things to life. Where do you need life? Where do you need life? Maybe you need to hear that message from the scriptures that God wants to be your dad. Maybe you didn't have the dad on this earth that you needed, but God wants to be your dad. Maybe you need the belief that you can overcome this sin and disobedience that just plagued you. It's become bondage in your life and you just, I've got to break free from this. The spirit wants to speak his truth into your life because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Power to overcome those things in our life. Power and hope for change. Boldness in our life just to even follow through on the things that we know that God is calling us to do. Power to love. Power to forgive. Power to bless people. Even our enemies. Yes, love, forgive, and bless even our enemies. Where does God need to bring life to you? Where does he need to put the defibrillator on? He wants to do it through his word. It's living and active. How? How do we do that? How do we learn to hear his voice in the scriptures? This week I was on the Stairmaster and listening to a podcast and the statistic came across that I've just not been able to quit thinking about. The statistic was this, in America, the vast majority of people, vast majority of people that identify themselves as followers of Christ would say they believe without a shadow of a doubt that this is God's inspired, inerrant word of God. That's what most Christians say that they believe. But on the flip side, a very small minority of people actually spend regular time listening to God's voice from this book, reading, hearing, and responding. And I just sat there as I was exercising and trying to breathe and not have a heart attack. Why? What keeps people? What keeps people from engaging with God's word? And I'm imagining that there's probably a thousand reasons, but I just thought, if one of those reasons is I don't really know how, I wanna do everything I can in this message to take that one off of the table. I wanna talk to you about how would I do that? What would I do to try to hear and respond to God's voice? Because this is a supernatural book, but because God is personal, he wants to make engaging with him in it a very natural thing. It should be naturally supernatural. In the very beginning of this series, we said that God's primary way that he speaks is a whisper. 
He's whispering to us. So if we wanna learn to hear from him in the scriptures, we've gotta create a place in our life and a pace in our life where we slow things down and we quiet things down so that we're able to hear a whisper. God wants to whisper to us because to whisper, you gotta pull someone close. God wants us to be close with him. You need a place and a pace, but you need a plan. What am I gonna read? We've been talking about this, but I want you to just grab the journey reading plan and just start. Even if, just read the New Testament with us every day. We're in the book of Matthew. Right now, you can just join right in. Just have a plan that allows you to read the breadth of scripture, an opportunity to see the story of God, to see the life of Jesus in the scriptures. Create that place and pace and a plan. But then there's six things that I think when you've got those things, you've quieted your life, what do you do? The first thing that you need to do is pray. And I know you're probably saying to yourself, yeah, you're a pastor, you just, everything's just, you just pray about everything. I'm not talking about just any kind, not a token prayer. I'm talking about a real prayer, an invitation prayer. That as you engage with the scriptures, that you would look at it and you'd think, I'm not just looking at pages, I'm looking at a person. There's a person that wants to talk to me and invite the spirit. Spirit, would you speak to me from your word today? Would you remove anything in my life, God, that would keep me from being able to hear you? Just pray and invite the spirit into your life. A second thing that we need to do is that we need to ponder. When I say ponder, I'm not just talking about read the Bible, I'm talking about reflect on the Bible. Give yourself an opportunity to think and reflect on the things that you read. Actually probably spend less time reading and more time reflecting, ponder, begin to ask questions of God. Because here's what I've learned over time, is that if we just read, it could be great for information, but pondering brings about transformation because it slows us down and we begin to invite God's spirit, we begin to ask him questions. God, what is it that you want to say to me from your word? And I've been sharing this each week. We've got these out on the info table, these discovery Bible study questions that can just give you some things, some questions to ask that will slow you down and be able to ask those questions of God. The third thing that you need is perception, meaning that we need to perceive. We can ask questions, but we need to slow down and listen. As you're reading, what are those things that are grabbing your attention from the reading? Listen, what comes to mind? As I was thinking about how to explain this, I thought, well, maybe I would just share with you just one way that this happened in my life this week, going through the reading plan. Sometimes you're just even reading scriptures that you've read a lot of times before. You can just kind of pass over things, but something grabbed my attention. The story of John the Baptist, when Jesus asked him to baptize him, John's response was, I don't think so, not me. Who am I to do that for you? And there was something that kind of jumped in my spirit, so I just started to ask the Lord some questions. And it led to this question like, God, are there things that you're asking me to do in life that I just feel inadequate to do? And that I, I need to hear your voice inviting me into those things and to trust you to do what it is that you're asking me to do, even if I feel inadequate. And he gave me a list of things where I'm being hindered 
because of my own sense of inadequacy. And I was able to pray into those things and invite God to change my heart and realize that my competence and my adequacy comes from him, not in who I am. And it was transformational. Just one, one way, one way on one day that God spoke into my life from his word. Ask questions of God. Learn to ask questions. The fourth thing that you need is a pen. I said this the first week, but I've got to say it again. When I sit down with a pen, when I look at a pen, I don't just see a pen. What I see is a heart that's expectant. When I hold that pen in my hand, what I'm saying to God is, God, I'm believing that you want to speak to me. I believe that you can speak to me. And God, I'm ready. I may not be 100% at hearing everything. I may not discern everything perfectly, but God, I'm ready. Whatever I sense that you're saying to me, I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna write it down. Begin to write things down. You don't have to write down profound things. Not everything that we write in our journal is profound. In fact, I, I got this picture from a friend of mine. I absolutely love this. This was her young son. This was his journal that he grabbed on the way out. He began to write some things that were important to him. There's love in God. Love don't hate. I love God. Jesus is the son of God. God's the bread of life. I think Chris's Christmas sermon's still percolating in him. I love at the very beginning, in God we trust. Maybe he just loves money, I don't know. <laughs> but just write down the things that God is saying to you because you need friends to remember it. There's so many times in those moments that God is speaking things to me and because I wrote them down, I'm able to go back days, months later. What was that? What was that thing that God was saying to me? The fifth thing that we need to do is practice. What I mean by that is when God says something to us, whether we're 100% certain about it or not, we put it into practice. Just like Jesus said, the wise person is the one who hears these words of mine and puts it into practice. Here's how James said it in 122. I love this. He says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you have heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Whatever it is that God asks you to obey, don't delay, just obey. I've rhymed. I didn't say that the first time. The last thing that you need is a pal. You need a friend. And I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit friend. Yes, you need him. That's what this whole thing is about. But we need a person. We need a person that we can share with, talk to about the things that God is saying to us. Find a friend like that. Share the things that God is saying to you because they can help walk with you. They can help hold you accountable. They can pray for you, encourage you toward the things that God is asking you to do. Because if you follow him, he's gonna ask you to do things that are really, really challenging. You're gonna need people around you. You need a pal. When I started this message, I said that I wanted to invite a friend to speak to you. And I was serious when I said that. Not a flesh and blood person, but the Holy Spirit. 
Because I believe that God takes the things that we say, the word that we share, and he's got a personal message for you. He's got something that he wants to say to you, something that he wants you to respond in obedience to. I love it. I got this email from a buddy of mine this last week and just sent me an email to encourage me. Uh, This is what he said. He said, hey, Bob, I just want to let you know that your last two messages have been like manna from heaven for me. I've put both to practical use. I know that I may be using the concepts in different ways than intended, but, and then he just went through some paragraphs of what God was doing as he applied those things to his life and bringing breakthrough into his life. And then at the end, he said this. He said, as I said, my use of your messages may be adaptations of your real messages regarding getting close to God and helping others get close to God, but I'm excited about applying them in our family. And I asked him if I could share this because I love this. This happens so often. There are things that God wants to say to you that maybe don't even relate to anything exactly that I've said. And here's how I've learned this over time. There've been so many times that I've talked with people and they'll say, remember in your message when you said, and then they'll say something. And the thought that goes through my mind is, I never said that. (laughs) That sounds really wise, that sounds really good, but I didn't say that. And I used to always just think, I think I might be the world's worst communicator because I don't think people are actually understanding what it is that I want them to hear. But over time I've just realized that God is speaking to people. There's ways that he wants them to do adaptations of things that we're talking about. There's a personal message for you. And friends, I want us to just slow down right now and I want you to put your things aside and I want you to just put your heart and your life before God and just say, what is the message for me? What is that one thing? Not a hundred things, not 10 things, just what is one thing? God, what is one thing that you want me to hear from you? What is one thing that you want me to do? I'm just gonna give you some time to process that with the Lord, but come up with that one thing and here's what I want you to do. It's on your notes page. Just grab one of those pens and write it down. What is it that God is saying to you? What is it that he wants you to hear? What is it that he's asking you to do? And before you leave, if you're here with someone, before the end of the day, I want you to share that with someone. What is it that God spoke to you? And follow in obedience. Follow in obedience. Let's pray. God, I'm so grateful you don't ask us to try to figure this out alone. Holy Spirit, I'm so thankful that you came to be our friend, to help us learn to hear your voice as we read the scriptures. God, I just pray for my friends. I pray for those things that have come across their mind just as they think about what's the one thing. God, I pray that you give them great clarity around that. I pray that you give them courage to be able to follow you in obedience, whatever it is that you might be asking them to do. God, we love you and we trust you. And we say yes to you, whatever it is. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before we leave, I wanted to just do a a really quick commercial. Uh, When when I talk about the, the Bible and our ability to be able to engage with the Bible, I don't wanna make it sound like just engaging with this book, this ancient book, is trivial or easy? There's some challenges around it. How does it all fit together? What, what are, how are the different books related to one another? What is each book trying to communicate? I wanna just let you know about a tool that's out there that I think is incredibly helpful. 
If you can just remember this, thebibleproject.com. Thebibleproject.com. It is an incredible website. An opportunity for you to look at that. There's some great ways that it talks about how the Bible was put together. So what are some of the major themes of the Bible? And it takes each book of the Bible and talks about what is the theme of that book? And what are some of the big ideas in that book? It helps us fit those things together to help us understand the big story of God. I just wanted to let you know about that resource and encourage you, check that out, thebibleproject.com. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.